If you'll take your Bible now and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, we are in chapter 6, and we will read verses 25 to 34. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and verses 25 through 34. Today we speak about anxiety. It is a common experience for all of us in the days of COVID and trying to cope with COVID, stress and anxiety has increased considerably. And um, we have hope because we have guidance from the scripture as to how to deal with anxiety so that it does not conquer us and instead we can learn how to uh, conquer it so that it does not dictate our life nor define our life. We don't have to be anxious, Jesus is going to teach us today. We don't have to be dictated by anxiety but we can be victorious over it. Beginning in verse 25, Jesus says, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious. Now, that term is often translated worry. Do not worry. Do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being anxious can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They neither toil nor do they spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Will you bow with me as we pray? Our Father and our God, we live in anxious times, and we desire peace. We desire, Lord, to live a life of peace and a life of victory and hope. And we know, Lord, that you are our peace. So I pray today, Father, that you will be our comfort. Lord, you will be powerfully present in this message. And that, God, you will give us a sense of uh, victory over the anxious times in which we live. May we even learn how to thrive in anxious times. Father, we pray your blessing upon this message. and May it accomplish what you desire for it to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. In today's message on how to deal with anxiety, I'm going to talk about three observations about anxiety. And then I'm going to talk about three ways to deal successfully with anxiety. One of the observations we want to make about anxiety is this. Distress increases anxiety. There are two kinds of stress. One is distress. One is eustress. Distress is when the boss comes to you and says, you don't have a job anymore. That kicks us into distress. That creates more anxiety. 
Eustress is when the boss comes to you and says, I'm going to give you a raise. <laughs> All of a sudden, you like that, and that's called eustress. That's the feel-good side of stress. But any kind of stress can increase our anxiety. We need to be aware of that. And when distress becomes active in our life, uh, when the stress and challenges of everyday life begin to take over, then we react with anxiety. We begin to worry. We begin to be concerned. Uh, we begin to kind of take life in our own hands, and we find ourselves more reactive to other people than responding to other people. We find ourselves more angry. Uh, we find ourselves on a feeling level all the time. And uh, we discover that we are subject to anxiety, and it's controlling our world and controlling our life. And then Jesus comes along, and he said, really, there's only one thing to be anxious about. There's really only one thing to be concerned about, and that is the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I've come to learn that the scripture is absolutely true, that if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. The problem is, do, is what we desire what God wants from us? Do we desire what God wants? And when we desire what God wants, God provides everything that we need. So the first observation I want to make about anxiety <clears throat> simply is this. Distress will increase your anxiety. And when you are finding yourself anxious, you don't have to be overcome by it but you can be aware of it. And I think learning to be aware that you're under stress, uh, that you're having anger feelings, uh, that it's beginning to take over your motives and beginning to take over your decisions is really the first step in defeating anxiety. Uh, many times we're caught by it, we're reactionary, and uh, we are in anxious times and, and we're responding in anxious ways, but we don't realize it. But if we could have some self-awareness and uh, understand that we are being responsive to anxiety instead of being uh, responding, uh, then um, I think we are on our way toward thriving and overcoming anxiety. The second observation I want to make about anxiety is this. Anxiety spreads rapidly. Um, when you are anxious, other people are anxious. It just spreads that way. And the people that are closest to you catch it more quickly. Uh, anxiety is caught. Uh, it is something that spreads quite rapidly. And uh, you'll find that uh, when you're anxious, people around you become anxious as well. And you really do have the power to control that anxiety. If you will simply uh, learn to relax and learn to be a non-anxious presence, uh, then you can begin to be a calm person, and calm things around, around you. The third thing I want you to understand about anxiety is this. Anxiety does not a problem solve. Anxiety does not a problem solve. Uh, being anxious doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, Jesus says to us in this passage, we have many needs in our life, and worrying about it doesn't solve it. 
And I don't know about you, but uh, I've come to learn that uh, anxiety can be addicting. It, it really can. Once it takes over in our life, it begins to control us, and we begin to feed on it. And as we feed on it, we become more compulsive, we become more addicted to it, and uh, it's like it gives us a high that nothing else will give to us, and we're locked into it, and it keeps us alive. I used to wonder in a church I had one time, why in the world did they quarrel and fight all the time? Uh, this little country church uh, had two factions in it when I went there to be the pastor, and when I left, they had three factions in it. <laughs> and uh, we had a opportunity to reach out to the military in the community where we lived and uh, there was a faction there that wanted to reach out and there's a faction that did not and then there was the military group itself and so that's why I say when I first went there there were two factions and when I left there was three uh, but they they quarreled a lot and they fussed a lot and I often wondered why in the world do they do that why in the world do they do that well when a person is angry uh, their life takes on a kind of aliveness. And uh, this can be addicting. And um, I think this church found itself caught in these uh, triangles and caught in these uh, conflicts uh, that existed in the church. And it kept them alive. I mean, their, their blood kept boiling and they, were, they weren't bored anymore and they had lots to gossip about and talk. And it just kind of took over the church. And no matter how much I preached about gossip or how much I preached about um, conflict, it just seemed to go on and on and on. And now I've come to learn that uh, anxiety can be addicting and conflict can be addicting as well because it keeps us alive. Um, it, it keeps us engaged with other people and our lives are not so boring. And so what an awful way to live, though. What an awful way to live. What an awful way to be controlled by anxious thoughts. Uh, what an awful way to live to be controlled by things that you cannot control uh, yourself. And so Jesus comes along and he says to us, um, why be worried? Why be worried? He said there are some things that you can do to overcome the anxiety and the worry of your life. Number one, one way you can deal with it, number one is to simply pray to simply pray. Jesus calls us to a life of prayer, engaging with Him in what we're anxious about, and bringing to Him our ultimate concerns. One of the passages that uh, the Bible uses to talk about anxiety is found in the book of Philippians in chapter 4. And I invite you to turn there with me. We're going to read this passage real quick like here, if I can find it in my Bible. Philippians chapter 4 beginning in verse 4. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men, because the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, what kind of prayer is he talking about? Well, one, he's talking about a prayer of reflection. Prayer of reflection. There has to come a time in your life when you ask yourself, why am I worried? 
Why am I anxious? Lord, probe my heart and help me understand what I am most anxious about. And I guarantee you, if you will do that, if you will open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, He will reveal to you what you're most anxious about. Jesus named three things in this passage of Scripture that unbelievers are anxious about. We're anxious about what we'll wear. We're anxious about where we will live. And we're anxious about what we will eat. And these three basic needs of life we have, God knows that you need these things. God created you in His image. God understands what's going on in your life. He knows what you need better than anybody else in the world. Will you simply reflect and say, Lord, help me to get in touch with what I am most anxious about. And once He reveals that to you, then you begin to release that unto Him in prayer of reflection. Also, we need to be praying with gratitude. We need to be praying with gratitude. Um, we are anxious because we are ungrateful. Uh, we don't realize what blessings we do have and do enjoy, and we become uh, addicted to this, this anxiety, and uh, it begins to take control of our life. And one way to, to counteract that is to begin to be grateful. Let your prayer be a prayer of gratitude. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the provisions that you give. I thank you, Lord, that you go before me. Lord, I thank you that you are around me. I thank you, Lord, that you live within me. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, to guide us along, to provide for us, to raise awareness in our life as to what we are most anxious about. And when we are grateful, we begin to calm down. We begin to be less worried. Because as you count your blessings and name them one by one, you begin to realize what all God has done. When you study the Old Testament Psalms, you'll find over and over again how they repeat the activity of God in the history of Israel. And whenever Israel was anxious, and they were anxious many times, one of the primary times in the life of Israel when they were most anxious was when they were grumbling with Moses. Uh, Moses led them across the Red Sea. He led them into the wilderness, and they began to be thirsty. And as they began to be thirsty, they cried out to Moses, <clears throat> Have you led us away from Israel, I mean from Egypt, that we would die out here in this uh, desert? Um, and what they were saying was, is not God with us? Is God not with us? Where is God? Has He abandoned us? Now, folks, this feeling of abandonment is something we live with all of our life. It's more of an existential kind of anxiety. And God wants you to understand that He loves you so much He will never abandon you. And the Lord told Moses, He said, you take that staff that I gave you, and you go out there and you strike that rock. Moses went out there and struck that rock, and water came, and water was provided. It was right on time. God's always on time. He's never late. He's never too early. He's always right on time. And so the Israelites began to understand that they had nothing to worry about because God loved them, and God was going to provide for them. God was going to take care of them. So... Israel always is called to look back 
on the activity of God in the Psalms and say, don't you remember when God struck the rock and water came out of it? Be grateful. Don't you remember when God heard your prayer when you were in Egypt and he rescued you? Be grateful. Don't you remember when God provided here and God provided there? Be grateful. So when you pray, pray with gratitude. Pray so that the Holy Spirit will show you what you're anxious about and you can give that to the Lord. Show, uh, pray so that you are grateful for the blessings that you have and for the activity of God in your life. Verse 6, he says very clearly, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, there's something supernatural. There's something that's mysterious, something almost mystical about the peace of God that is greater than what we can comprehend or understand. But that comes with a surrender and a trust of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's the second thing I encourage you to do as you learn to conquer anxiety. Pray with trust. Pray with trust. Father, I trust you that you're going to give me what I need. Jesus said to the disciples here in this same chapter of uh, Matthew's gospel uh, that we just read, talking about prayer, he said, don't you understand that if, if you ask for a fish, God's not going to give you a rock. God loves you, and he's going to provide exactly what you need. Will you simply trust him? Uh, life comes down to that, folks. Life is about trusting God to be God in our life. Life is, the challenges of life are greater than, than, we, can, than, than we can handle ourselves. And there comes a point, there comes a time where we just have to say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Also, if you look in verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4, he gives us something to focus on that we can trust. He said, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, if there be any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Now, let me ask you this question. When you are anxious, what are you thinking about? When you are anxious, what's going through your mind? You're thinking about scarcity. <laughs> That's what's on your mind. You're thinking about scarcity. You're being ruled by scarcity. We think about a pie, and we think, well, there's only nine slices in the pie, and I've got one slice, and there's only eight slices left. We think about scarcity. We live life that way. But what if God has two pies, and three pies, and four pies, and ten pies? What if God has blessings for you that you haven't even thought about yet? Well, that's what God wants to provide for you. And if you will let your mind dwell on the affirmative of what God wants to do in your life, you will find a conquering to anxiety, a peace that passes understanding. He says in this verse, let your mind dwell on what is true, what is true. Let your mind dwell on what is pure, meaning undefiled. Let your mind dwell on what is lovely. 
let your mind dwell on what is of good reputation. He said, if there be anything honorable or excellence or, or a beauty, let your mind dwell on these things. And you will discover greater beauty, greater blessings than you've ever thought about in your lifetime. God is the God of blessing. God is the God of excellence. God is the God of beauty. He is a God of goodness. He is a God of faithfulness. And He will bless you beyond measure if you will just trust Him and you will just let Him. So one of the ways to deal with anxiety successfully is to pray. Pray in faith. Pray believing. Pray being honest and willing to, uh, to face what you're anxious about. And then pray with gratitude as to how God is going to conquer that deficiency that's in your life. A third way to deal with anxiety is to be a non-anxious presence. When you have received the peace of God, let the peace of God dwell in you with other people. Become a non-anxious presence. By that we simply mean let the peace of the Holy Spirit reign in your life and then let it spread onto others. Instead of letting anxiety spread onto others, let the peace of God spread to other people as well. Be the non-anxious presence. Disengage from anxiety. Anxiety is contagious. It moves rapidly. It spreads quickly. Disengage from it. Be yourself. Tell other people what you believe in. Tell other people what your goals are. Tell other people the direction that you're going with your life. Be a non-anxious presence. And when you do that, you'll discover that other people will calm down as well. They'll begin to trust you. They'll begin to see that you are a mature disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you're walking in confidence and that you're walking in blessing and they'll want to be like you. I'll never forget when I was deployed to the desert. Um, I was there for just a couple of days, and I met the senior ranking uh, non-commissioned officer on the base. He was a senior master, I mean, uh, a chief master sergeant. And um, when you address the chief, you always say, hey, chief, how you doing? And so when I met him, I said, chief, how you doing? He said, I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, that guy had been out here in the desert too long. Uh, I'm blessed and highly favored, he would say. And... Um, there was just something contagious about him that wasn't dictated by worry, uh, that wasn't dictated by anxiety. And instead, he had a leadership confidence that others wanted to follow. He was a non-anxious presence, always giving credit and praise and glory to God, blessed and highly favored. When you're walking through this life, you give out vibes of confidence or vibes of anxiety. You give off vibes of confidence and blessing or you give off worry and anxiety. And I would ask you today, which are you giving out? Are you giving out vibes of blessing and confidence or are you giving out vibes of confidence and, um, and comfort and blessing? other people you can conquer anxiety you don't have to live under the threat of anxiety but you can conquer it 
And with the help of the Holy Spirit, He will give you a confidence and a peace that you can't find anywhere else in the world. And then you'll walk with courage, and other people will find courage when they are with you. I invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Perhaps today you're that one person who wants to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I invite you as we have this hymn in just a moment to come and give your life to the Lord. I invite you to come today. Uh, we're going to have a baptism a little later in the service, and, and if you'll come give your life to the Lord, we'll schedule a time that you can be baptized as well. So we'll want you to come. Maybe you'll want to unite with our church from a sister church of like faith and order. We invite you to come as well. Father, we thank you that we can have victory in chaotic and chaos times, that we don't have to live and be dominated by worry and anxiety, but we can live in freedom. And this freedom comes from the Holy Spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit who gives us confidence, a Holy Spirit who gives us faith, Holy Spirit who helps us trust, uh, even when the world is not trusting. Give us, Lord, that courage. Give us that leadership, Lord. Give us that uh, a standout um, impression to other people that we will be true and honest followers of Jesus, living in confidence and boldness and in courage. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.